You are listening to episode 52 of the Playing Full Out podcast with Rita Hyland. Hello, I'm Rita Hyland, and you're about to discover what it means to position your business, career, and life to play full out. This show explores the way leaders just like you embrace and achieve their ambition without working harder or grinding it out any longer. So if you want to take your life, business, or career to a playing full out status and do so while being the happiest high performer in the room, then hang with me because this show shares everything you need to know using the best of neuroscience, transformational psychology, and a bit of spiritual wisdom to help you change fast, even when it's uncomfortable or scary, or you failed to do so in the past. All this so that you can enjoy more freedom and prosperity in your business and life. I'm happy you're here. Hello there, friends. I am so glad you're listening. Thank you for being here. I returned late last night from a trip with one of my daughters to visit a college. We've been challenged to do that easily in light of the times. And it just feels fabulous to see things from a new perspective, a new vantage point. I have always appreciated that. We are just a few weeks into the new year. And while I know not a lot has changed externally, my one for all of us is that we continually seek to change and expand our perspectives. Because when we do that, we we create a new, we expand ourselves and we expand what's possible. We aren't going to solve it or create it from the same place that we are being. So as we expand, so too does our outside world. But you know that already. My intention actually each time that we come together in this podcast is to offer you another perspective that expands your thinking. So in the end, you know yourself better. And when you know yourself better, you rise to showing up, suiting up, becoming the most fulfilled, happy, bold, and powerful version of you and leader in the room. See, we can have the same experience, but if we have different perspectives, we'll have very different experiences of them. I don't know if I said that well there, but we can have different perspectives, but have the same conditions going on around us and have very different experiences. It all has to do with your perspective. This week, I turned 50. That's a perspective. I do. It's hard to believe. I've been around for a half century. I'm feeling good about it. It's been an amazing half century. My son, a few years back, said, wow, on his birthday, he said, I've never been five before. And I thought, no, son, you haven't. Congratulations on your first. Well, I have never been 50 before. It's a first. And I am passionate, actually, about being more intentional about having more of those firsts this next year and for my next 50. I've been doing a lot of reflection in light of my upcoming birthday and thinking about my past and my stories. Writing, for me, has always been a way to get more clear. I've actually tended to write my life into existence. I'm a pen and paper kind of gal. It calms my brain for one. It organizes my thoughts. It helps me sharpen my focus. And it gives order. And and really what I know now is that we are actually just imprinting when we're writing on it. It's like meditation. We're imprinting on our subconscious mind to show up and to execute on the order that I'm placing. I have some big thoughts for today, some I'm going to share with you, but today I'm going to get a little bit more micro on you as well, because I want to help you with some guideposts for good or even great goal setting that sets you apart, that supports you, and 
when it comes to authoring your story. And to do that, I'm going to, first of all, start with what it takes, the pre-work to writing good goals. Just three guideposts I would like you to know about. And then I'm going to go into some detail around how you can set goals. But I believe the practical application of writing goals is pretty easy. It's not complicated. What gets in our way is what happens before that, right? What's essential to great goal setting, in essence, is that you have written your aspirational vision in advance of that. And podcast maybe 49 or 50 of this year, the beginning of the year, I set that all out and lined that up. I teed that up for you. If you haven't done it, that's all right. You do want to make sure you do that first. In fact, because I am where I'm at, what I'm going to ask and have in the show notes is a guidebook for you, a guidepost. I'm going to have the vision and the goals put together. My team's going to do that for you. It should already be there. In fact, right now, as you listen to this, Go ahead, download it for yourself, and make it simple. That's what I'm doing here. Keep it simple. This does not have to be difficult. It can be a lot of fun. The reason and the difference in how I approach and help people do this is because of one thing, and it is that I know that the biggest barrier to creating something you've never created before is actually the mental creation of it. it has nothing to do with the physical manifestation. If you've got this programmed into your brain, if you've created it from a mental perspective first, the physical manifestation, the physical acts of doing and showing up day to day to execute become so simple. I can go through how to give you, you know, step by step instructions to writing goals. And in fact, I will because we do need that for our left brain. But the thing that's going to be your greatest leverage is really embracing the three guideposts that I give you in just a moment here. These features that I share are like conditioning you as an athlete and to write and to be the great goal setting god or goddess that you need to be in order to make this year vastly different. Okay. As I've said, it's premature to write goals without writing your vision. And the reason for this is very important. If there is no passion around your goals, you will not show up for them. You will not go to the mat for them. There's no feeling, which is the rocket fuel or the energy. Then the goals remain these flat, lifeless, ugh, smart goals. They're yucky. They're buggy to me. See, If I give you an example, and I've probably given this example before, is that when I was 16 and carless and without a prayer of being able to afford my own car, I saw a car I could win. Now, the aspirational vision was winning the car. That's not a goal. The goal and or the goals were the bridge, the little feet to give traction to my vision of winning the car. The goal was not to win the car. Like I said, the goals are more action-oriented than that. It was specifically, in this case, one of my goals was to sell five tickets a night at $5 for the lottery that I would then get my name in so that I could be drawn for this car. Here's a couple of things that many will miss. I did not simply write the goal that I chose, which again was to sell these tickets each night. I saw myself in the white stick ship Ford Escort with my friends in it. And I, again, was willing to go to the mat for that because I felt it. My brain showed up for that. Goals are thoughts. But when they are imbued with feeling, they become something far greater than that, far greater than goals. They become intentions. 
This is your guidepost number one. Convert your goals to intentions and you have gold. That equation, in case you're left brain and want to know it, and that can change your life is that thoughts plus feelings equal intentions. And intentions each and every time equal results. Say that again. Your thoughts, when you add feeling to them, they become intentions. And those intentions are things They always are results and they always are able to talk to your subconscious mind to get your subconscious mind to show up for you. A goal does not happen. You did not make it happen. You don't make it happen. You make it happen when you have and lead with the power of intention. Okay, that is guidepost number one. Turn your goals into intentions. Again, flat, lifeless, smart goals will never do. Our visions and goals are really just pictures. Our subconscious brain doesn't even know if they're real or fantasy, but it needs and we'll seek to execute what we give and train it to put its attention on. Think of your brain like a dog. Your dog can be your best friend and you tell your dog to go fetch. See, you're, you're, you are not your dog. Your brain, you are not your brain. Your brain and your dog are the same. You are in charge of your of your of your dog. You're in charge of your brain. Keep them separate. Likewise, a brain, or conversely, I would say, if it, it could be a yapping, a barking dog, if we allow it to train us, if we listen to it, right? If we allow it to tell us what is possible and, and not possible, we're in charge of training the dog. That's what I want you to get right here. You always have been, you always will be. Today you claim it. Guidepost number two is so crucial to being able to set great goals. And this is where many make a mistake. They will start setting the goals without giving thought to this very important question. The question is, who do I need to give up in order to get to the other side of the street where my vision is in abundance? Who do I need to give up to experience that land I dream of? What part of me, in other words? What part of me do I need to let go of? What are you going to trade in? What are you, what are you, you going to let go of? You know, like for me, if I think about that time when I was creating my aspirational vision to win a car, the goal that I set up was to do, to sell five tickets, $5 worth, literally, oh my gosh, 40 years ago. No, they would be 35 years ago. And that was difficult to a person who was interested in, you know, being shy, converted, not failing, not using her voice, avoiding rejection. That is what I had to trade in. That's what I had to give up in order to execute on my my goals, right? So we all hate trade-offs, but they are a fact of life. We must trade in who we are for who we want to be. And we have to do it, and this is key, in advance. It's like Linus saying, I'm willing to trade in my wet blankie for the opportunity to serve or have fun or to love greater, whatever that is. What do you need to let go of? Is it letting go of getting something right or wrong? You know, we, we want our kids to go to college, but we don't want to see them leave. We have to trade those things off. Right? We have to make, we have to let go of something in order to receive that other thing that we set out that we hope and, and wish and envision for them. We want to do our most important work, but we don't want to risk being judged. We have to make the trade off. 
We want to have more company support, perhaps, for a new initiative and put it out there, but we don't want to risk our clean, everyone likes me reputation. We want to build our masterpiece or our life's work, but we also want to be comfortable. We want to sell our services, but we don't want someone to say no or to reject us. These are all, these are all the trade-offs that we have to make. We ha- have to say that we're willing to give up. You know, Maybe it's a title so that we can do the work we most want to do. Being aware of what it is that we need to trade in before we write the goal down will support us in actually showing up to it. Otherwise, again, it's just lifeless. I call it emotionally preparing ourselves. There's also times we have to physically be prepared for trade-offs. And what are some of the physical trade-offs? For me, when I am doing a, a, a training or a class, I know, and I might have to give up a soccer game or a hockey game. It's helpful for me to get comfortable in advance and to know what the trade-off is. You may have to give up being complacent or needing to be certain before you're taking action. I know some of us need to give up control or getting it all done. We're all right in order to experience what it is we most desire. Maybe you'll need to trade off having everyone be happy with you in order to experience what's most important to you at this time. What is the trade-off I must be aware of? What is it that and who must I give up being in order to experience what it is that I say that I want. Okay, guidepost number three. Which goal you set does not matter. Hear me out. Some get really hung up on which path they will take to get to their, whether that be, you know, home in Arizona, their Hollywood Boulevard or mountaintop in Italy, wherever you want to, to go. Imagine that you're, you want to be your, your destination, your vision is, is landing in a certain state or country. Your goals are your route to getting there. And there are many routes to getting there. These are goals. These are not, this is not the whole lineup. Sometimes which route you choose is not as important as making a choice on the route and committing. That is where some get really, really stuck. What I'm saying here is that there are a lot of ways to skin a cat. You can go to Italy on a number of different airlines, by boat, by air. You can earn money for it in a lot of different ways. The point is pick a way and commit. Pick a goal and commit. Don't worry if it's the right one, right? Okay, so you've got your three guideposts that will change and set you up for a lot greater success and ease in writing your goals when you get them. Guidepost number one, turn your goals into intentions. Guidepost number two, ask yourself, what part of me do I need to let go of? And guidepost number three is not being so attached to which goal you set up. Just get your goals down and commit. Goals are your traction for living day to day. And it doesn't matter right now if you've set your goals or not for a couple reasons. The turn of a calendar page really doesn't change anything. You've probably seen that. But we can reset, refresh, restart any day, any time of the year. Don't put a cap or make up rules on your infinite possibility. Those are meaningless. You have got infinite amounts of potential within you right now. Infinite. So 
I'm going to let you in now on the left brain practical ways to set up strong goals. Once you've got your vision, you take that aspirational vision and that, and you, you know, you think in pictures, you think in stories. I don't know if anyone's seen Crudes 2, but it is a cartoon. And basically there are cavemen. And on one side where the cavemen live, there's all this, you know, it's all in browns and, and bones and, and very in lack. On the other side of the wall is lush abundance, technicolor. Oh, it's rich. It's, it's, it's gorgeous. It's where they want to be and live once they experience or see it. Getting to the other wall required, other side of the wall, other side of the street, whatever metaphor that you want to put out, out there takes, first of all, setting yourself up with those three guideposts. But then, you know, the next practical part or half of this is to step one, find a place to quiet the noise where you can put yourself in a place to hear what your truth really is, to see and hear yourself think. What are my values? What do I care about in this next year? What is it that I really do want to bring to the world or contribute? Once you have that vision down and you have identified your most important work in terms of yourself or those you serve, then the next step to that is to simply ask yourself, what five to seven goals will help me achieve that? What five to seven aspects or pathways are otherwise known as goals will help me bridge over so that I get to that new land? What's important here and you heard me say this before, is that you get to decide the path, the one that you're willing to work on right now to your most important next steps or adventures. For each goal that you've written then, give them some detail. How will you know you hit the goal? Write a summary of the goal. This is, when will I know I've hit it? What are the details? You know, you want to fill it in. This is again where you bring pictures to mind and you also can give feeling to it. The fourth step is write why the goal is important to you. Why must you achieve or experience this goal this year? Why must you do this work? If I go back and apply it to the the car winning, I there was a part of me that's like, it's not happening any other way. This must happen right now. I am going to do something that's crazy, that seems impossible. That's my aspiration. I know that if I apply or at least attempt to apply these goals and I am willing to go to the mat for them and not come home until all five tickets are sold, then there's a good chance that I'm going to experience my vision. But here's a thought that I want you to take away with you. And that is that it really isn't a matter of of if you win or lose, it's not a matter of if you nail that goal or not. But did you accept the challenge? Yeah, my kid just lost a big tournament in the you know semifinals, and and I just wanted him to know it's not a matter of whether you win or lose. Did you accept the challenge to show up? That is the cool thing. That's what I want to make sure that I've exposed myself to the next in the next 50. And I encourage and invite you to do that with me. The best way to do that application is for you to set up your own challenges in the in the form of your goals. Look at them like that from a new perspective. 
If you're listening to this, it tells me that you know there's something that's calling or beckoning you, something that's out there that's you're ready for. I know you're ready. That's why you're here. Right now, the universe is asking you to accept the challenge. Will you accept? If your answer is yes, I encourage you to write these simple flight patterns. They're flight patterns. Think of them like that. Five to seven ideas for the goals that will help you get there. Then pick one of the five to seven or write all, pick all of them if you're feeling bold and aggressive and write the first three actions for each of those. The key here is I'm just going to encourage you to keep it simple. Don't overthink it. Let's not take ourselves too seriously. And here is a bonus guidepost. Most people make the mistake of thinking and doing, whether it's in their business or their work, getting all the actions done on a day-to-day basis, and they rush into that. The fulfilled, bold leader does something different. He or she is constantly coming back to the 50,000-foot perspective, informing the brain of the order it's placing on a day-to-day basis. It's like going to the diner for breakfast every single day and say, I'm placing the egg order for two eggs, a side of bacon. I'm placing this order. It's that simple. Here it is. So come back. You are to return to your vision and your goals every single day. Two minutes imprints on the subconscious mind that doesn't know the difference between fantasy or reality and just says, okay, I'm going to go make your order now. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear and you want more of it, be sure to sign up to get your guide to access your own neuroleadership code to get what you want this year. You'll also be the first when you do to get hear about a free training that I'll be hosting soon called the rise of the fulfilled bold leader and other opportunities that we have hopping for you. I'm so glad you're here. I appreciate you. May we both in this next spin around uh, the, the sun, may we, May we all learn and again, agree to, it's not a matter of win or losing, but did I accept the challenge? I'll see you next week. Thank you for being with me today. By you listening to this, it tells me you're interested in growing yourself and likely not just for yourself, but to positively influence others as well. If you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and share this with your friends and colleagues. When leaders like you grow yourself and then grow others, we all are positively impacted. If you have questions, I'm here to answer them and may even use them in our upcoming podcasts. Go ahead. You can send those questions to Breakthrough at RitaHighland.com. Remember, a half version of you is not enough. The world needs the full version of you at play. I look forward to seeing you on our next podcast.